Morning, good. I'm short, but I'm not that short. Honored to have a couple of my adopted family with me who happen to be crew members at Arby's. Kayla and Brandon. Kayla's the girl. They know I'm serious. Recipe for peace. When I prepared this early in July, I had no idea what his sermon series was going to be now. And when he chose tears, what what a perfect fit for what uh, he led me to preach on today. And it was also a perfect fit for the funeral I did Friday for a 50-year-old man that Died in a semi-wreck and left behind two teenagers. He was a single dad. So if you remember the Welch family, that would be good. But the people from Thayer called me and wanted me to do it. And so uh, that's why I spent my day off. And it's a time when you spend with people when like they have to tell their loved one goodbye that you find out what the peace of Christ is all about. Because that's not an easy task for anybody. I don't care how mature in the faith you are. That's a tough one. This is a neat part about the recipe for peace. And I'll, I'll tell you, working at Arby's, you know, you think it's a sandwich thing and it, there's a piece. They keep bringing out new stuff and you have to keep learning more and more and more and more and more stuff. And not only that, they bring it back. If they get rid of it, they bring it back. You've got to remember. And so I, I try and stay off the back. And I let people who have a brain work in the back. Because I, I have to keep looking at the pictures. Figure out what's going on there next. I don't want to get the recipe wrong. What I want you guys to do is start looking at the picture. I want you to start understanding there is a recipe out there for peace. And it doesn't really have much to do with contemplating your navel. It has a whole lot to do with getting close to Jesus and hanging with Him, especially during the toughest times. Because that's when the peace of Christ takes over. When it's beyond, as I would call, tell my dad, beyond our pay grade. The Lord has given us peace in our text, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13, if you have your Holly Bible, if you'll turn there, that's where we'll be, kind of. We'll be all over, but uh, matter of fact, we're going to start in John 14, if you want to head start. But basically, we'll be in Philippians 4. And our text presents three ingredients available to all of us for the application of His peace during all facets of our lives. If you uh, think that your life was a breeze this past uh, 12 months, raise your hand and think so. Oh, Don, a breeze. There's the honest one in the family right there. That's a, she's going. My wife looks at me in that tone of voice all the time. It's just, tell you what, 
I want you to look at John 14. He was telling them, I'm leaving. I'm checking out. Things aren't looking too good for me down here. But I want you to know ahead of time what I'm going to do and why I'm doing this. So when it happens, you won't be surprised, but you live it up in in me. John 14, 25 to 27 first. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I said to you. He does that all the time. And I find out the more I don't have a brain, the more he fills me with stuff. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. All the new stuff, all the things going on in the country, all the things going on in the city. You have to, you have to follow all that with two words. So what? We don't live here. This isn't home. This is our sojourn. This is our campground. It's real easy for people with the last name Camp to understand that. This is, this is it. This is a sojourning place. This is, this is a tent city, as it were. We're passing through. Not setting up shop here. And so he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Very, very good words for us today. In times that aren't secure when it comes to politics or economics, which is okay. That's just fine. First ingredient available to all of us for the application of His peace during all facets of our life. Lighten up. I know I stay serious all the time, but you guys lighten up. Go from the Anybody ever heard of the comedian Mark Lowry? Travel with the Gaithers and all that stuff. He said his favorite passage of Scripture was, and it came to pass. That's all over the place in the King James Version. <laughs> and it came to pass. He said, you having a good time? It'll pass. <laughs> you, you having a bad time? It'll, it'll pass. He said... Is this thing getting life, uh, life getting number? It'll pass. You at the top of the, oh, it'll pass. He went on and on, as only comedians can do. Lighten up. Nehemiah says it good. Paul says it easy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.4. 4. They even wrote a song about that. And it was a round. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say... And then people started singing it all over the place. And it, it's repetitive, so you can't get lost. You know the lyrics before you know the lyrics. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so if you want an easy memory verse at camp... Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's a, that's a toughie. It's almost as tough as Jesus wept, but it's getting in there. Joy. Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. In the Old Testament, the Jews had a problem. 
They kept losing the Bible. Now, there are times where we've misplaced ours. Like this morning. I thought my Bible was Chrissy's Bible. I, I picked up her thing at the end of the... Because we kind of have the same looking one. Except I noticed that hers is colored. And it's got all kinds of stuff in it. I knew I didn't put it there. Then I looked at the spine and it's New International. That's not my version. I left mine in the sound room. Every now and then we misplace the Bible. You know, it just, even preachers do it. And you really scramble when you're the preacher that morning and you don't want to find your Bible because all your notes are in it. I found it. Sam was keeping it for me. Well, they found it again. And here's how it happens. Nehemiah 8. And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in front of the water gate. You thought that was only Washington, didn't you? They asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen, that'd be kids, with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until... Midday. You're talking dark 30 till 3 p.m. Why? Well, because if you're going to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it's going to take a little time. And that's all he did. He read it. He read Moses. In the presence of these men and women, all you can understand, all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Today, if I were to read... Genesis through Deuteronomy, how, what kind of a crowd would I have at the end? In America? Me. You know, you'd have a few people, he's really going to do this. I'm not going to do it today, okay? Just... What do you mean, praise God? What is that, what is, what is that stuff? <laughs> verse 9. See, we're going to skip a whole bunch right there. Nehemiah. Chapter 8, verse 9. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy. Because see, they were crying. Every time they found it, they cried. Because they forgot what he said, and it stirred their hearts, and they started crying. And so he's telling them, Nope, this isn't a day to cry. It's a day to celebrate. The Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord. Don't mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. And he said to them, Go eat of the fat and drink of the sweet. Send portions to him who has nothing prepared. Go have Thanksgiving dinner. Party hearty. Because see, they were allowed to drink stuff we can't at times. For this day is holy to our Lord. Don't be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. So all of us who have chips on our shoulders, no wonder we're weak. Those of us who think every day is a rotten day, no wonder we're weak. It's a good day, even when you got bad diseases. It's a good day, even when you lost your job. It's a good day, even when you don't have a place to go. So you're living with your in-laws. Oh, yeah, that'd be us. (laughs) I went back and I preached where they told me I would never preach again. 
They, they told me in the last meeting, uh, you're done. Okay. So a lot of people were wondering why I couldn't tell them goodbye. So this time I had a chance. I just told them hello and tell them goodbye. And I didn't get into details. I just found it really weird that man's wrong again. You ever, you ever met a person that was wrong? You married to one? Oh, don't go there. Come on, come on. As Harold would say. Don't be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. (laughs) It is. So the Lord calmed, the Levites calmed all the people saying, Be still for the day is holy. Don't be grieved. All the people went away to eat and drink to send portions to celebrate a great festival because they understood the words which had been made known to them and they realized, man, this is a time to celebrate. When you read the Bible next time, go eat a Snickers. Go eat something you're not supposed to. Go eat some fat. Go eat some fried stuff. You realize there's not going to be cholesterol in heaven? You can eat all that fried stuff you want. I hope they have a lot of vats in heaven. I'm ready. That's just me. You guys who do the alfalfa sprouts, you get after it. Nothing, nothing against your diet. All power to you. I just felt like if I'm going to eat horse food, I should be a horse. You know what I mean? Alfalfa. That was a little guy in the our gang thing, wasn't it? Alfalfa. Anyway. Gentleness. Gentleness. I probably shouldn't be preaching when I hadn't much, hadn't much sleep, should I? Gentleness. Verse 5, Philippians 4. See, I told you, we'll just keep going back and forth. So your gizmo will probably switch faster than my pages, but that's okay. Philippians 4, verse 5. Be yank, no, it's, it's let your forbearing or gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Do you know you can be gentle? You don't have to be Oscar the Grouch because the Lord is near. My youth group had my dad pegged. They got him a little Oscar the Grouch. And he hung it. He was proud of it. He hung it above the dinner table. So they could see it every time they came. And they were over a lot at our house. But that's what they called my dad. (laughs) Because he growled a lot. It was a grouch. But he had an interesting smile that went along with that. He just felt free around the youth group to deal with teenagers because he had three of us. And he treated them just like his kids. You ever noticed how that happens? It's easy for me to treat other people like they're my kids. Kids in my youth group. Michaela. I kid you not. I have a Kayla and I I had a Michaela and Megan. It was their uncle who died in that wreck. And I'd give them a hard time. Hard to believe, but I would give them a hard time at youth group. And I sit next to Megan during the funeral dinner. Oh, I'd just eaten that up. I wouldn't leave her alone. It had been two years since I'd been able to mess with her. She went off to college the year before I left. Gentleness. 
Let your gentle, your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. It's not that bad. It's not that critical. Lighten up. Lighten up. Proverbs 15, verses 1 to 4. You don't have this underlined in your Bible or your gizmo? Do it. Proverbs 15, 1 to 4. I don't write in my Bible. Well, you should. Just a book. You don't get any use out of it unless you turn those pages and it's highlighted right there. Proverbs 15, 1 to 4. A gentle answer turns away wrath. You believe that? God did. He shared it with us through Solomon. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You ever met a harsh person stirring it up? I know there are times you guys want them stirred up on the field. I know, I know why you do it. You bait them. See if I can get their goat so they'll do something. That don't work in Christianity. Don't work in raising kids. Harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spots folly. You don't believe that? Listen to a newscast. Listen to some of our politicians. Listen to some of our actors and actresses. They think they got it all figured out. And there's a lot of people who follow them. That's probably why on both coasts, the east and the left coast, uh, they uh, have a real big business called psychoanalysis. Biggest business out there. Because people are so secure in themselves, don't you know? He goes on. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. That should give you confidence. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but the perversion in it crushes the spirit. Don't crush the spirit of another Christian. Don't crush the spirit of a non-Christian. Don't crush the spirit of your children. Revive it. And gentleness is the way it happens. That's why I like this little lady in, in Sunday school. She always brings out that part of life. I learn a lot from her. Oh, don't tell her. I don't want to get a big head or nothing. Look up. Don't just lighten up. Look up. Verses 6 to 9. Back in Philippians 4 in case you're wondering where we were. I'm going to read this passage and then I want you to play rise for us. Or not rise, I'll wait for you. Number four. Number four. Michael W. Smith is going to give me an assist. And if you don't have the album, Wonder, get it hooked up in your gizmo. Get it hooked up. Buy it for a CD. Will you have a CD player? This is the deepest album out there. Deepest in wisdom. And it is so moving. So moving. Covers all areas of life. So I'm going to read, look up, and then he's going to play, I'll wait for you. We already rejoiced. We're going to do this 6 through 9 thing. Be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing. 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, ponder these things. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things and the God of peace. That's good. When you hear these songs, what I want you to do is close your eyes and focus on His words, but don't go to sleep. Morning mystery, poor man. Give me one more week and I'll be gone. Long hard month of sun is still no rain. Nothing left around here but the dust and shame. I know you know.
Did you notice how the song changed? He waited, and there was a victory, and the music just changes. But while we're waiting, he makes the point clear. He's still carrying us. Even now, you'll carry me. You'll carry me. Got to look up in prayer and in practice. In prayer, it just beats worry. Anybody ever solve their problems by worrying in here? That'll help. It'll give you an ulcer. It'll give you high blood pressure. It'll give you an irritable stomach. If you want to call that help, I guess go for it. Worry. God has another solution, like pray. Through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You mean I'm supposed to thank Him for all the tough times? You got it. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm not going to thank Him for the tough times. Well, see, it's during the tough times that He causes us to grow. It's during the tough times, the rain, the storms of life. And we grow. And we continue to grow. And we continue to grow. Anybody in here done growing? You're already made it. You're, you're done. <clears throat> yeah, right. And then you woke up. Because the real thing is, we're still growing. We haven't got it all down. Anybody sinned today yet? I mean, it's just the start of the day. <laughs> Some of us have already lost our cool today. Some of us have already let a little word slip or thought. Because God is the same. He don't care. We've already done it. And if you haven't, you will. Today, you will. You realize that's why we don't have the holes? We can't save anybody. we got sin. Not just one. we got a bunch. But we look up in prayer and in practice the best we can. Trying to follow Him the best we can. Apologizing to Him and those we failed in front of when we can. Instead of trying to fake them out into thinking we're perfect. Boy, that'll work. Any of you kids here ever thought your parents were perfect? Oh, all of us were kids at one time. Any of you, any of you thought your parents were perfect? Did you ever see them act up? All the time. All the time. What we have to realize is, as Christians, we try. And we're honest. Not only when we're doing it right, but we're honest when we're failing and we offering up an apology. Instead of gloating in this false, egoistic kind of situation where, yeah, everyone knows I'm perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. You just lied. You broke it. Second Corinthians 10, 3-5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. You know where the battles are, thought, are fought. I just shared a couple books with Kayla. Piercing the darkness and this present darkness. You've not had any Frank Pretty books in your house. Get them. Find out how the enemy works. Read those books. 
They're a page turner. And it's the, even though it's fiction, it's the best stuff on how the devil works I've ever read. This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness by Frank Peretti. Get them. Read them. Understand what the enemy is doing. Understand you even have an enemy, because you do. And here's how he does it. Verses 3 to 5, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The latest person in our congregation there at Arby's is an atheist. And they uh, were real excited about this planet some trillion, quadrillion light years away. Like ours. Finally, we found light. You know, they in our solar system, Pluto, they don't even know whether there's a planet or not. How are they going to figure out something way out there? Oh, well, uh... Same scientists who thought the earth was flat for a while. Same group. You know, if they would have read the Bible, it talked about a circuit. You ever, what word makes up the word circuit? No kidding. A circle. And you know what they found out? <laughs> the world's a circle. No kidding. And some old guy who didn't have a telescope told him so. Some old guy in Hebrews told him, we're made out of stuff you can't see. Invisible things. That which is visible is made out of that which is invisible. Well, where did they get the microscope to find those things? Oh, God told them. So the microscope comes over a thousand years later and proves the Bible right. Weird. These old guys knew stuff. How'd they know that stuff? I don't know. Look up. For those of us who are short, it's not really hard to imagine. Okay? Look up. Lighten up, look up. Here's the third recipe, uh, ingredient for this recipe is live it up. I don't know why Christians think, think, think that, uh, looking like they've been weaned on a dill pickle is some kind of holy thing. I'm a little bit more sour than you. Lighten up. I love Jesus. Well, smile. Smile when you say that. Grouch. Live it up. His blessings, our contentment, His strength. And you can do it under all circumstances. Isn't that interesting? Before we get into this passage, ah, let's read it first. And then we'll let Michael do the rise thing, number eight. I'm going to read... Verses 10 to 13 in Philippians 4. Just as soon as I get back in Philippians. Ten to thirteen. This book, one of the most positive, if not the most positive book in the Bible, is written in a Roman prison. They didn't even have TVs and exercise areas. They got to eat moldy food and maggots. And he writes stuff like this. 
But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you've revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. He wasn't yelling at him. Why weren't you here earlier? You knew I was in prison. No, he sounds pretty happy here. Not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Anybody there yet? I'm working on it. I know how to get along with humble means and also know how to live in prosperity. And in any every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Here's the secret that he learned. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Has nothing to do with the economy. Has nothing to do with the education. Has nothing to do with the salary figure. Has nothing to do with your popularity. Has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that when the stuff goes wrong on the planet, we still got the anchor. That's all right. That'll work. This one reminds you of the storm. This rise number eight. It talks about getting out of the boat and coming. You remember Harold was just on that in Mark. Getting out of the boat and they saw him walking on the water and all that stuff. He bids us come. See, he's imitating the wind. You hear it? Rise. And there's a lot of stuff you and I have to rise from. Now. Walk across the shore. Walk across the sea. Close your eyes and envision this stuff. And walk with me. Journey through the door. Come see what I can see. All the reasons we were made. Who we were meant to be. Rise. He's calling you to come. Just leave it all.
first person, come and stand with me. Take my hand. Who do you think is talking? It's Jesus. Just like you did to Peter on the water. You're not going to rise if you're trying to do it yourself. There are so many in this room that can tell you all the battles they fought. They can tell you about battles they fought alone and how terrible, lonely that felt. And the times they depended on Jesus to get them through. And how peaceful they felt at the same time the rest of the world would be falling apart. Live it up. His blessings. Romans 8.28 Barry was a positive man and a man of Scripture. And this is the very last text he sent his mom. The day before he died. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those, of us, for those of us who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And I told Him, even Barry's death, even your son's death, as he sent this to you, not knowing what two days is going to hold for him, God even now is going to turn this into something good. And He's going to reach people through Barry's life. 
I met a guy from Hungary on the parking lot. Neither of us could get in the building. I didn't work there anymore and didn't have a key. And he got there early just like I did. He's from Hungary. Had to, still had the accent. And he showed me the text that he sent him. Two out of Proverbs. And what an amazing testimony. Here's a guy that he was, drove a truck with that he was willing to send Scripture text to every day. Every day. Every day. One of them was about friendship. Six closer than a brother. And Barry stuck with him. And it, it affected this guy. He said, now, I'm supposed to be one of those guys that, oh, you're a pallbearer. He said, yes. I said, have you ever done this in this country? No. What do I do? They'll show you. No problem. He said, do I have to look at him? I said, no, we'll make sure it's shut. He said, I don't want to remember him that way. I remember him the way he was. Live it up. His blessings, our contentment, his strength. It doesn't come from us. <laughs> We're not the source of that. I don't care how well life's going for us. We aren't the source. Thank God he gave you those blessings. Give him the glory. Well, and you. Yeah, but I'm the... Yeah, right. You had the opportunity. He gave you the wisdom. He gave you the brain. gave you the strength. Understand, he's the author. You're the recipient. So I'm going to close. Lighten it up, look up, live it up. That's your recipe for peace. And Jesus kind of says some of the same stuff. John 14, as he was checking out. And he tells him in the first three verses. Let not your heart be troubled. He told him, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's the bottom line. There is no more bottom line than that. You're either ready and you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior, or you're not, because you haven't. He didn't say anything about being perfect, because we aren't and can't. He's talking about having an abiding, living relationship with Jesus Christ, where He's number one in your life, because you gave it all up. And you have to keep doing it over and over and over again, especially when hard times come our way and we're tempted by the tempter to just give it up. This isn't worth it. If he was real, he would never let this happen to me. Well, you realize what happened to him? It dwarfs anything we've gone through. Period. And we've come to the time of our invitation and we're not going to sing. We're going to listen. And I'll talk you through these two songs. One is called One More Time because that's how many times we have to endure and keep on pressing on. One more time. And you know, after that one, there'll be one more time. After that one, there'll be one more time. And then the last one, 
that I want him to play. These are 11 and 12 on the album. This is the way Michael ends his, his take me over. Because, you see, none of this works in anybody unless we give our life to Jesus Christ and we let him be Lord of our life and live life in us. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Close your eyes and picture these two. If you have a decision to make, we'll make it during the second song. And I'll talk you through it.
storm ends, there's peace. But you'll never have it unless you do this next part. Turn it over to him. All of you. All the time.
As you hear this music, it's going to grow in intensity. Music has a way of pulling stuff out of us that our stubborn souls won't let out. Go with this song and listen. As you hear it grow in intensity, give it up. Keep your eyes shut. Jesus, Jesus, take me over, all of me. As humans, we kind of like reserving a little corner, sometimes <laughs> a big room. <laughs> this is all ours. You stay out, God. You give it all up. That's the peace. You fight Him, your life gets hard. And He'll let it get harder. Some people just miss it.